Welcome to UCI Law Talks from the University of California, Irvine School of Law. For all our latest news, follow UCI Law on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. My name is Austin Parrish. I'm the Dean and Chancellor's Professor at the University of California, Irvine School of Law. This is UCI Law Talks, the podcast where you learn more about the amazing anteater community that is UCI Law, but also hear from inspiring leaders and lawyers in the legal profession. Today, we're doing something special. Very fortunate to be joined by four of our star alums who are each serving this year as president of a bar association. Going alphabetically by last name, first is Mimi An, a 2014 graduate of law school who is a partner of Kiana Field and the president of the Orange County Korean American Bar Association. Second is Shirley Davis, a 2018 graduate, an associate in the litigation department of Skadden Arps and the president of the Hispanic Bar Association of Washington, D.C. Third is Cynthia Flores, a 2014 graduate, a member of the California Agricultural Labor Relations Board and the president of the Latina Lawyers Bar Association. And finally, we are joined by Hane Udenka, a 2017 graduate, an associate with Brown Rudnick in their litigation arbitration practice group, and the president of the Thurgood Marshall Bar Association of Orange County. Mimi, Shirley, Cynthia, and Hane, so nice to see you. Thanks for making the time. And welcome to this special president's episode of UCI Law Talks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a powerhouse. It's great to see all four of you and and, uh, so great to have you connected with the law school. Well, this is the first time we've interviewed four alums at the same time. And let me start off by saying congratulations. We are so proud of all that you've accomplished, reflective in these presidencies. And I'd like to begin by setting the stage, asking you a little about what it means to be the president, the organizations that you're part of and that you represent and maybe I could start with you. Uh, what is sure. the Thurgood Marshall Bar Association and what is your role as president? Sure. So the Thurgood Marshall Bar Association is a local bar that its stated mission is to support Black legal professionals in Orange County. And to that end, our mission is to help law students really at every point of entry into the profession from undergrad students, law students, and you know people entering the profession and people already in the profession. We provide a series of scholarships that um, go to students either in bar prep or, you know, just law students who are first years or second years. And we also provide mentorship opportunities, a lot of community events to make sure that people in the community feel supported. We also engage with the community outside of the legal profession, the larger sort of Orange County community in different ways to make sure that we're giving back and, and sort of using whatever legal talents or otherwise financial resources that we have to help the larger Orange County community. What I know many of our students have benefited from that, and I've been to several of those events, which have been absolutely fabulous. Cynthia, maybe I can have you chime in. Uh, what is the Latina Bar- Lawyers Bar Association and what does it mean to be president of that organization? Sure. And again, thank you for, for having us. So the Latina Lawyers Bar Association is the only nonprofit bar association in the country that's focused on meeting the needs of Latinas in the legal profession. An important and critical mission being that Latinas only comprise approximately 2% of all attorneys in the profession. 
And our mission is essentially to provide support and a home for Latinas. Um, we know that we provide a very unique perspective in the legal profession and that we also need to rely on one another to ensure that we have success in the profession. And we do so by providing a, a number of avenues for support. We do provide scholarships for aspiring law students, law students, and law graduates. We also do a host of programming efforts that are focused on MCLE credits. We also host just community events, so mixers, general kind of programming, et cetera. We are primarily uh, based in Los Angeles and Orange County in Southern California, but our impact is statewide and we do have a national reach, especially when we've pivoted some of our programming to include kind of a hybrid model. We've seen that we have audiences in New York and Texas and, you know, Illinois, basically all across the country. And so it's been a very exciting time for, for the LOBA. We've been around for 26 years and really excited to see what the future holds for our organization. Well, it's a great organization and the numbers are startling. I was just looking yesterday in California, 36% of the population is Hispanic and less than 6% of lawyers are Hispanic. And as you say, that's not even looking at Latina lawyers. And so the numbers are stark. And so that support is so critical. Surely, maybe that's a great tie into your presidency and the organization that you're part of. Could you talk about your presidency and what your organization does and who they represent? Yes, and thank you again for having all four of us um, talk about our presidency. I think our background uh, at UC Irvine really set us up for leadership and, you know, especially among diverse attorneys, which is a big part of my experience, at least at UCI Law. So I'm the president of the Hispanic Bar Association of DC. Uh, it's almost 50 years old. It's 46 years old this year. And we serve the DMV area, which is DC, Maryland, and Virginia. We have close to 500 members and we make sure to build community among Latino attorneys here in DC. Uh, we also do scholarships, also do social events. I think it's very similar to a lot of the work that all these peer organizations are doing. And ultimately it's a way for us to practice, not just in our firms and not just in our organizations, but to have that network that many of us maybe didn't have if we don't have any family members that were attorneys or if we just really don't have any other connections to any lawyers. So it's really uh, a network for first-gen lawyers and, and just lawyers who want to have that community. And that's where they come to us. Yeah, well, that networking is so important. And we, we've seen that. The data is so clear on how that can make a big difference in somebody's career, both early on and over the long term. Mimi, it was just, it seemed like it was just last week that we you were getting installed as president on just an absolutely fabulous event. Can you talk about the Orange County Korean American Bar Association and your term as president? Yeah, um, I'm going to echo everyone else's thanks. This is very cool to be with everyone here and talking about our various organizations. So the Orange County Korean American Bar Association was founded in 2005. I don't know if everyone else's organization had a similar start, but the founders actually, the Korean newspaper at the time would publish names of people who passed the bar, or they would just go on to see who passed the bar. And if their last name sounded Korean, they would just cold call them and say, hey, are you interested in creating an organization to support Korean Americans? Um, and so that's really how they got their start. And now we are an organization with close to 300 members. Really, the main focus of our organization is very similar to everyone else in terms of networking, supporting law students transition into practice um, and all of those great things. But one of our main focus as well is to try and get Korean American judges on the bench. 
and it's been difficult <laughs> for some time. Uh, we had Judge Richard Lee being the only Korean American judge on the bench for about 18 years until Judge Kang joined him this year. So we're really happy about that. But yes, that's really the organization's uh, main purpose. Um, and as president, we are just really trying to continue the efforts that um, everyone had done in the prior past of making sure we keep up with events, keep our members informed and interested, which is, I can think everyone agrees, is one of the hardest things we have to do. Um, but really the main purpose is so that, like Shirley said, we can provide support, maybe not the support we had initially, you know, starting off in our practice. But now, like with through Kaba, I can say I've made like a great group of friends as well as a support system. And I want that to continue for everyone else in the future as well, too. And when you're not a president, it, you have a second job or maybe your main job. Maybe, maybe I can start with you. Everybody on the podcast practices law and frankly, in, in different practice areas. Maybe can you talk a little bit about where you practice and what your legal practice consists of? Yes, thank you. Um, so I work at Kahan and Felt. We're nationwide. We I practice in their Irvine office, uh, primarily doing employment law defense side. So I represent employers who are... Um, have charges for like discrimination and harassment, things of, of that nature. I also do compliance work too. And I, I work with different companies to make sure that they're compliant with the with the law and other litigation areas as well. But really my main focus is on employment. Thanks, Mimi. Cynthia, can I bring you into the conversation? Uh, where do you practice and what does your practice look like? Sure. So I am one of five board members appointed by the governor of California to the California Agricultural Labor Relations Board. We are a board that adjudicate claims arising out of a state law, the Agricultural Labor Relations Act, which is modeled after the National Labor Relations Act. Essentially, my job function is it, more in line with a quasi-judicial officer and a focus on the first stage of appeals, essentially in the administrative law context. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks. And Hone, can I bring you in? And, and what's your practice area? Sure. I'm an attorney at Brown Rudnick. We're a full service law firm. Um, we have a national and, and European reach. And I work in the firm's litigation and arbitration group. I represent clients' interests really across the country in complex disputes, in high stakes litigation, or what we call like bet the company cases in the context of commercial litigation, government or regulatory response work, or, you know, bankruptcy restructuring matters. And you're actually, as we're doing this podcast, you're calling in from DC, right? I am. Yes. <laughs> Surely you're also in DC and uh, perhaps you could talk a little bit about what area of practice you're in and what firm you're with. Yes, yeah, so I'm at Skadden Arp Slate Mar and Flum based in the DC office. I've been here since I graduated law school, so I've just finished my fifth year. I'm in the litigation group specifically doing government investigations defense. So whenever a company is being investigated by the government, uh, specifically the SEC for whether it's accounting malpractice, fraud, foreign corruption, things like that, I will be on the team helping the company navigate that investigation. Great. One of the things I've been struck with as dean is how I come across such talented alums who are doing so many different things, but really at a high level. And, and so fabulous to see that on the call. You know, one of the things we're proud of is not only your leadership, but how many of our alums are serving on boards of nonprofits or bar associations 
We weren't able to do this for the entire country, but looking just at Southern California, this year we counted more than 70 alumni who are on boards, either in the in the executive leadership role or on the board of a nonprofit. And considering we've only we're celebrating our 15th year, we're 11th year of uh, celebrations for reunions. That's just absolutely extraordinary. And so maybe I just ask a broad question. Why is it important to get involved with bar associations? Um, if you're giving advice to young attorneys or law students who are just starting out, uh, why should they join the bar associations? And and Shirley, we, we were just with you. Maybe I could go back to you. Why should students or why should new lawyers get involved in bar associations if they're starting out? I think there's lots of reasons, but I'll stick to the lens of being in private practice because that's what I know. And, you know, aside from all the social benefits of meeting people and all of that, business development is really important to start early on because if you are coming into a law firm and let's say you'll be eligible for a promotion, whether to counsel or to partner, depending on the structure of the firm, whether that's in seven years, 10 years, 15 years time, you need to start developing the trust of potential clients as soon as possible. Of course, you're not going to get new business as a first year out of law school. You might, you probably won't get it as a fifth year. I like it. That's something that takes time to develop. So by joining these organizations, you're starting to connect with peers and more senior people who will then either go in house or go, you know, somewhere that they might think of you, you know, 10 years down the road. And if you wait to do that business development, when time for you to be up for promotion and you haven't done that work, it's just going to be that much more difficult. So of all the reasons, that's one that I'll pitch to those who are interested in going into private practice, um, that it's a great way to start on your business development early on. Surely that's great advice. Mimi, can I bring you in the conversation? Why do you think it's important that new lawyers or students should get involved with the Bar Association? I echo Shelley's comments with respect to business development. It's great to start early because then by the time you might be ready to get clients of your own, you've known a lot of these folks for you know five, six, seven plus years. Um, it makes it really easy to transition into that role. Additionally, I think it's great because you are connecting yourselves with folks that are going through similar experiences as yourself, right? So if you're meeting even attorneys that are that are older than you that may be able to mentor you through you know, the life stage that you're at, that is something you may be able to find through a bar association versus you know within your own your own firm, um, which might be smaller or limited in terms of people who might look or um, have similar backgrounds to yourselves. I also wanted to mention you know personally for myself that where I'm at now, Khan and Feld, they actually are the ones who encouraged me to get involved in OCPABA. Every firm I had been with prior actually didn't encourage that. And they were just more focused on working and billables. And so, you know, I think it's great to also identify where you are. And if your employer is encouraging you to um, join bar associations, that likely means that they care about your career and your, your future and not just look at you as maybe more of a money, you know, maker a machine or billable machine. Um, so I think that's really great. And I can tell you, I was promoted to partner uh, very like last year or so. And I know that the reason why that happened in large part um, was because uh, the OC Kava community would oftentimes approach 
you know, the leadership um, at my firm and say, hey, Mimi's great. When is this going to happen for her? When are you going to do that? And so there really is a cross function of both the firm benefiting, yourself benefiting, and the organization benefiting by you joining Bar Association. So I really highly encourage it. That makes a lot of sense. And we should pause there. There was a lot of finger clicking and applause there when you said you made partner last year, but congratulations on that achievement and what two great years for you to uh, go off of the partnership and then immediately move into the presidency. So congrats. Cynthia, maybe I could just ask you, so you're not at a firm, right? So, and I know how much work it is to be president and you've had a busy and an amazing year. So why do you do it if you're not seeking to uh, business development? Maybe we could talk about some other reasons or, or your perspective on joining bar association definitely and so i just want to take a moment to congratulate mimi congratulations <laughs> so i will speak from my experience specifically with lba so i was very fortunate to be um become aware of lba very young in my legal trajectory and so i had a few mentors that had served on the board or had been associated with the loba um, while I was in law school that I reached out to. You know, law school was a very unique period of time um, for those of us that have gone through the experience. I think, you know, everybody's experience is different, but um, one of the common denominators for me was having support and having the kind of mentorship from individuals that had gone through the experience that I felt comfortable with and safe with expressing my experience in law school. And in 2013, I was also awarded a scholarship by the LOBA um, while I was in law school. Um, and so I knew going or, or, you know, immediately emerging from law school and entering the legal profession that I would be involved with LOBA just because of the kind of functionality that it served for me in my development primarily the type of support and community that I was introduced to just by virtue of being involved with the organization and also the monetary support. Um, you know, I was a first gen college grad, law school grad, and now attorney. And so I, I decided I would give back and that I, <laughs> I just kind of gave back at the maximum level. And now I'm serving as president of the organization, which happens with these kinds of things, <laughs> I guess. Um, but for me, the experience was really based on a desire to give back to the organization, but also ensure that the kind of support, whether it's the mentorship, the community, the safe space, uh, financial, of course, as well, that those kinds of support systems are in existence and that they're helping folks enter the legal profession. As a first generation attorney, I speak from my experience, you know, there's a lot of navigating and first time experience that you have to just be able to withstand. And so I think having these kinds of support systems and organizations really ease that transition. And I've been very fortunate to find great community and also an opportunity to contextualize the issues that are unique to Latinas in the legal profession. We've been able to do some good work. We're actually working with UCLA to put on a convening of first of its kind, a national convening of Latina lawyers. And so providing that kind of support and community is so critical. Um, so I'm really grateful to have had that experience and now the honor of, of serving the organization. That makes a lot of sense. Two things strike me. One is uh, I think you're downplaying your talents. It takes a lot of hard work and you have to be inspiring to move up to presidency. Although on the other hand, it does sneak up on you. One day you're volunteering a little bit and next day you're, you're running the organization. Maybe I could move to you and change the topic a little bit. 
you know, at UCI Law, you know, we emphasize, and it's part of our identity and who we are about the importance of public service and giving back. And part of this is this idea that lawyers have a special responsibility to the public. But I think, and this talks a little bit to what Shirley and Mimi were talking about, is that we do think doing public service also helps prepare you to be a fabulous lawyer for your future career, that it's it's both a way to fulfill your professional responsibilities and do good in the world, but it's also a way that you learn in a particularly meaningful hands-on way that if you don't do, it's, you know, you're not as equipped when you graduate. And so it's partly why we emphasize the importance of studying the legal profession. And we remain one of the few schools where that's a required course in the first year. And it's partly our commitment to doing good in the community, whether that's through the very large pro bono programs we have, or through our clinical program, or through our simulation and externship courses. And I think it's why so many of our students end up being leaders in law school, not just of student organizations, but in the local community. So maybe I could ask you, what was your experience? How has public service broadly impacted the way you think about your career? And, and how are you involved in law school or after law school, uh, in addition to your role in the, uh, in the Thurgood Marshall Bar Association? Sure. So I think that it's a little odd because I don't have the benefit of never being involved. I think going to school at UCI... It's just the de facto sort of <laughs> thing that you do. That's just like the default rule. And so I can only speak to the pros of it. I don't know any other life. I think starting in law school, being engaged with pro bono projects, clinics, taking up leadership roles in affiliate bar associations and other sort of like affinity groups on campus kind of sets you up for that life when you leave law school. And so when I started practice, it was essentially just part of what I did. And thankfully, I was at a firm, like Mimi said, where there's a huge emphasis on your life as a whole lawyer outside of just billable work. I think that learning that mindset of the responsibility that we have as attorneys, the skill set that we have is so powerful. And so using it in your community to aid in that community's progress was something that just kind of learned in law school have taken through into the profession with me. I think separate and apart from the fact that, you know, public service work is itself just inherently rewarding, um, engaging with either local organizations in your community or bar associations or pro bono projects or clinics or whatever it may be, that in and of itself is rewarding. I think that having now represented a wide range of clients from sort of the corporate, you know, businesses to individuals, no client is more grateful than client that you've helped achieve something that's, you know, a vital part of life, whether that's an immigration client or somebody that you've helped navigate, you know, excessive use of force in prison or whatever it may be, you know, going to a clinic and filling out a name change form. And so I think it's just inherently something that feels good uh, for want of a better word, but it's helps me as an attorney because in a number of ways, one, I think as lawyers, we tend to sit in our offices and, and face our screens and you detach a little bit from the community that you exist in and you can get caught up in legalese and opinions and interacting with opposing counsel and judges and you kind of separate yourself from the reality of the community that you live in. I think engaging with that community through public service and bar associations and so forth has, you know, helped me remain grounded as an attorney in, in real life. And basically like what's going on directly outside of the four walls of my office. I think the other sort of way in which it's made me a better attorney is that regardless of whatever client I'm sitting in front of, 
having the situational awareness of everything that's going on around you, whether you're sitting in front of, you know, a Fortune 500 company, an individual or whatever it may be, I think brings an edge to what you're doing because you can give them real practical advice about what's going on. And so that's my sort of two cents. Well, I, I think that's an insightful two cents. And, you know, a couple of things just resonated with me that, you know, that point that you and Mimi made about, you know, not all firms are the same. I That's hard to convey to students, right? That when you look at firms, they look fairly similar on paper, but each one has its own culture and its own commitment and getting a sense about whether it's a good fit and is going to allow you to do what you want to do. I, and that, that's true for government agencies and nonprofits too. And then I really like this idea of grounding and the idea that, you know, not only are you making difference to others, but you're also sort of making your life have meaning as sort of a holistic approach. You wanted to add on maybe. Yeah, just to that point, I think, you know, if you're conflicted or confused about whether or not a firm has a true commitment to what they say they do, I would just look at the bios of the attorneys at the firm. And if they're engaged with the community, it'll be obvious. Like you'll see that they have leadership roles, that they're members of certain things. And if it's a firm where that's not a priority, you'll notice that no one's doing anything apart from their actual legal practice. Fantastic advice. Cynthia, maybe I could get you in on this. Um, You were deeply involved. How do you view as public service, as your role as a lawyer, as your own sort of personal career path and sort of how it might have grounded you? Uh, Maybe I could ask you the same question that I asked Tone. Yes. So uh, I feel similarly uh, going to UCI law at the time that I went to UCI law was part of the third class. It felt like from the beginning of my legal career training, there was kind of a dual role that I serve, which is, you know, or that I would serve, which is, you know, lawyer, but also public interest servant. And even just deciding to go to law school during such a critical time in its foundation. I know Mimi and I are part of the third class. I think there was an understanding, at least I'll speak for myself. I felt very much inclined to help build something at UCI Law. And it almost was part of the equation where, you know, I felt like, okay, well, this is a new law school and I'm going to be a law student, um, but I'm also going to be part of the foundation of a law school. And so that meant being involved in a number of organizations. I had the opportunity to serve as student regent while I was at the law school. And then bringing kind of a perspective of being a a person that was invested, not just in the success of, of us as a law school, but also as part of the greater Orange County community. I felt like that was something that was instilled in us from the very beginning. And so that definitely translated to having a very clear commitment to public interest and public service upon my graduation. I think at its very core, the way that I think of lawyers is public servants. Um, You know, we serve a very unique and important function in society as stewards of the law and ensuring that, you know, we are there to support folks in their pursuit for justice. My path in the legal, my legal career has been primarily based in public interest and public service type work. Yeah, I've worked at nonprofits. I currently work at a government agency. You know, from that lens and that perspective, I do feel that there is a very unique role that lawyers serve in society um, and that it's very intertwined with the service of the public. 
Additionally, I also do a, <laughs> a number of other things that are also publicly facing and focused. And so I will credit, I think that attending UCI Law really made that clear to me that this was, you know, a tool in my toolkit. This being a legal education would be a tool in my toolkit for positive impact and change. Um, that's something that was at the core of my legal training and education. And I'm so grateful for that experience. Yeah, well, it's part of why I'm proud to be dean here. There's lots of schools that emphasize public service and public interest and pro bono work, but it's not really at the same scale or scope that we do here at UCI. And I think it's special and I do think it makes you a better attorney, but I also think it's important to have that connection with the community more broadly. Maybe, maybe I can bring you in. Yeah, um, so I just wanted to add on, I, I think we probably, all of us, because we come from UCI, I just love talking about um, public service and giving back. Um, and as someone in private practice, I want to say I really appreciated doing so much pro bono work in law school because the number one thing that it did was it taught me how, like when I say how good it feels. So even when I'm tired, right, I had a long billable week and OC Kaba, we actually do pro bono clinics. I mean, used to do it monthly. We're doing it every other month right now. It's after work. It's at nighttime on a Thursday. It's in Garden Grove. It's like an hour drive. But every time I do it, I feel great, right? I worked with PLC just recently, and we got two asylum applications, Afghani um, asylum seekers granted, and they had a party just this past Sunday. I was tired too. It was Sunday. I was, had all these social functions, but I stopped by. And when I saw them just beaming from ear to ear, right? Because when I was helping them, they're in crisis mode. They're upset. They've left family behind. One of the clients had her two young daughters that she had to leave and who was just like one year older than I was. So I felt very empathetic to it. But when I saw her and she was just over the moon, it made it so worth it. So I really want folks who are hearing this podcast who are thinking about, well, I don't really know how to do anything. I can't help. Listen, this is as much for you as it is for everyone else. It's going to be that foundation, that rock that reminds you, this is why I went to law school and this is how good it feels and this is how great it is. So I just wanted to quickly mention that too. No, I think that's so well said. And my sense is that at least from colleagues or friends of mine, you're always trying to get this balance between professional reward and there's ups and downs. You'll have a good day. You'll have a not so good day. And you're right. Doing public service and pro bono and engaging with the community is a way to help with that broader professional identity and, and making life rewarding. Shirley, I want to get you in the conversation. We've started talking about UCI law, which is my favorite topic the law school. <laughs> and we're all, you know, everybody on the podcast this, uh, today are graduates. Maybe I could ask you, what is your fondest memory of UCI law school when you're here? And sometimes people don't think of uh, law school and fond memories together. They, <laughs> they may think of the first year civil procedure class and the first cold call and whatnot. But, but is there a particular professor or a particular experience that left its mark? And surely maybe I, maybe I can go to you. There are a lot of fond memories at UCI. I mean, it is law school, so they're, you know, studying for finals and all that can seem daunting, but I found it enjoyable. I really enjoyed having my study group and, and making outlines and all of that, but I'll be more specific about, well, so there's a, there's a few that I enjoyed. This one's going to be 
funny to the people from my class year, but there was an event for the three L's when I was, I was a one L and there was an event for the three L's where they had got them pizza and it was sort of like a meet us in the courtyard. And, and this is like a farewell event for the three L's. Hanya remembers this. She would have been a two L at the time. Is this and Pizza Gate? Pizza Gate. Yeah. There's <laughs> a name for this. And it just so happened that the way the class schedules worked out, all the 1L classes were done before the upper level classes were done. So like the 1Ls got done at 12 p.m., let's say, and then the 2Ls and 3Ls were done at like 12.15. So in that 15-minute period difference, the 1Ls ate all the pizza. So now the pizza is completely gone. There is no pizza for the 3Ls. And so the 3Ls come out and they're like really excited for their like farewell thing in the courtyard. And like I said, there is no longer any pizza left. And the 1Ls are gone too. Like we grabbed our slices of pizza, we ate them, and then we, you know, we went off to do whatever we were going to do. And we got so many emails about this. uh, And it was just, there was so much chatter about this for a while. The 3Ls were so offended. It was like a personal affront. I was a 2L at the time. And so we were just observing. (laughs) This is hilarious. Yeah. Just so to, this so is Pizza Gate. Pizza Gate. This is um, hilarious. This is somewhat similar. Fortunately, we didn't have this uh, this controversy. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did uh, donuts in the courtyard with the dean, and we had I don't know three hundred donuts from Randy's, which were fabulous. And most classes were out, so people were getting donuts. But there was one class in the main, the large uh, room in one 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 one. And apparently the professor was standing in front of the mirrors, blocking students from looking at the donuts because they'd been distracted from class. And, uh, and apparently there was a, there was some upsetness that there wasn't as many, I think it was uh, Boston creams left by the time that class got out. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's a great, I'm going to have to dig into uh, Pizzagate. I, I've also heard cake in the courtyard is another standard that only UCI law students know about. It seems like food in the courtyard kind of go hand in glove, but, uh. Um, yeah, so maybe get the class schedule and don't release the food until all the classes are out. Otherwise, feelings get hurt. That makes a lot of sense. Do others of you, maybe I'll bring in others, do others have fond memories or specific things, either professors or experiences or events that particularly left their mark on them as they look back? I can go. And I think it's great. Was that then the class of 2014 that was a 3L or? It would have been 16. Okay, six, okay got it, got it. Math, you know, not, not our forte. <laughs> So first I wanted to mention, yes, uh, just going back to the Bar Association, we attract law students with food. And I don't know, I think it's like with all Bar Associations, for the law students that are listening, we want to attract you to go to our events because when you come to our events, it makes it cool. So if you're ever like, oh, I'm scared to go. I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to talk to people. That is not the case. We are dying to talk to you. We want to get to know you. So please come. We're Every time we have food, it's to attract you guys. <laughs> so Cynthia mentioned we were in the inaugural class. We were the, th- the final three uh, class that came in making a full class of law students. We had, I want to say we had like 92 folks in our class around that, around that number. Oh, we had fantastic uh, professors and I feel bad just only naming a few, um, but you know, like Bob and Carrie, both like instrumental in my development uh, Professor Whitehawk, you know, taught me civil procedure and it's boring if you don't practice, um, but he made it fun because he was so passionate about it. But one of my fondest memories is, so, you know, law schools are notorious for being very competitive. I've heard of folks like doing all sorts of things to try and get other students to, you know, fail because everyone's on a curve and 
and all that. I remember we had a final and one of the students overslept and we're a small class, right? So we know who the student is um, and we immediately call her because she's not there. And she's like, oh my gosh, I overslept. I'm on my way. And we all collectively as a class said, we aren't starting this final until she gets here. And that is one of my favorite stories. And that really is one of the reasons why I'm so glad I went to UCI Law School, because we really had that mindset. We were so supportive of each other. And there was no way we were going to start this test without her. So that's a, that's a quick, short one, but it's a great one. What? I think it speaks volumes. You know, we're now up to about 150 to 160 students in each class. So we've grown a little bit. But I think that same sort of that heart, that core, that that sort of idea of not collegiality for just broad collegiality, but the idea that we're friends and that we want to support each other and we've got each other's back. I think that's still I still think that still exists here. And I think that's special. You know, Mimi and Cynthia, you've both mentioned uh, you know the inaugural classes. You're both members of the class of 2014. And we sort of refer to those first three classes as the inaugurals. When I first heard it, I, it took me a while to figure out what people were talking about, but there's something special about being in the first uh, three years. And Cynthia, maybe I can go to you and maybe you could talk a little bit about why it was special. And I think Mimi's story just really captured that well, but is there something special about being an inaugural, being in the first three classes? Yeah. Um, and it kind of ties into the previous question. I always tell folks that my experience at UCI Law was a tremendously positive experience. And it was primarily, I think, part of being part of a group that was investing in one another's success. And it was very clear to us that we were there to ensure that the law school did well. And for the law school to do well, we had to do well as a collective and that we were all invested in one another's well-being. And my favorite part of being a UCI law grad is the people, professors, staff, definitely classmates, you know, they're still classmates of uh, like a few of us that still get together um, like every other month and just hang out and relax. And we're all still very much invested in one another's success and, and just well-being. And so I think that's what was special to me is that we all, especially in the inaugurals class, right? When our class went in, I think we weren't even accredited yet. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a risk, but I like that because I felt like, oh, okay, so folks are taking this risk. We're taking this risk together. And we understood that we were going to be part of something special and a foundation of a law school. Um, and that was going to take all of us. And I think, you know, from professors to staff, um, there was a tremendous uniform uh, vision of what the law school was, you know, what it was at the time and what it could be and what it could mean, not just for the legal community or the UC system. It was what it could mean for Orange County and what it could mean for the people of Orange County and the people of California. And I think being part of that group of trailblazers, I felt like everybody was committed. Everybody was really focused on meeting that goal. And we were investing in one another's success. And that was just, I've not been in an environment of that nature ever. I don't think I've had that kind of experience duplicated. And it's not to say that, you know, I've been in a number of great organizations 
educational institutions, et cetera. But there was something special about being part of the foundation of a new educational institution and understanding this was a risk that we were all taking together and that we were we were all committed to succeeding. And so it was just it was a special time. And I wouldn't trade it for any other experience in like my educational law school career. I was like, that was the right choice. Um, and I'm so grateful to have had that experience. You say that so well, and it makes me proud to be Dean here. I um, have to say, so I, I was with Hanae actually at a, um, a reunion event. We were grouping people and I heard that somebody who was, I think they were class of 2020 or 2021. They were saying something about a challenge that they were facing, I think in practice. And somebody from the inaugural class yelled from the across the way, that's nothing. I went to an unaccredited law school. <laughs> I thought that was that was great. It all, almost sort of felt like the, uh, you know, those old stories. Well, I, when I was young, I used to have to climb up both sides of the road in the snow <laughs> working 24 hours a day. And, and it's anyway, but it's sort of special that that identity continues and, and that commitment. And I do think it's true. Everybody I talk to, I think the law school has transformed Orange County uh, in many ways, you know, recruiting students that otherwise might not have opportunities or traditionally haven't been in the legal profession and creating sort of, frankly, a talent supply to the top firms, the not nonprofits, the government agencies. And frankly, we've just looked at it. We're probably one of the largest providers of pro bono legal services in Southern California, which is, uh, we just, I think on pro bono alone, we just topped over 150,000 hours from our students, which is really phenomenal. Mimi, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were also an inaugural and, and you've told that great story, but I just wanted to make sure you didn't have anything to add to what Cynthia was saying. No, um, oh, I echo Cynthia 100%. It was fantastic. I'm always proud. I mean, you never want to, you know, start off with, oh, where I went to law school. But anytime someone asks me, I'm very happy to let them know it was UCI Law um, and it was part of the inaugural class. And I think one of the great things about being in this class is I feel like we all still have a sense that we are contributing to the legacy, right? And so as I look here at my fellow alums who, by the way, all women, <laughs> wow, <laughs> and see how great you guys are doing, it makes uh, me feel really proud. And I know that that's going to hopefully have an impact on UCI law as a whole to be a forefront in people's minds say, hey, I want to go here because some great people have come out of it. Our 10-year reunion is actually coming up for myself and Cynthia. And just as an example of, you know, us feeling still like we need to be in that forefront, I know um, that our class is already like, we need to make this 10-year reunion amazing. We're talking about it a reunion that's going to happen next year already with like full pack schedule of work, extracurricular activities, you know, family, all of these things. We're still like, we need to make this 10 year reunion amazing. And this needs to be something we do not just for our class, but so that other classes will see that and say, we need to also do it this way. So I feel like in that sense, it's really amazing to be in that class and still make an impact on later classes. Yeah, that alumni support is is amazing at that strong connection. The fact that 
you guys responded to a dean's email inviting you to a podcast within moments of sending me sending out the email speaks volumes. Most people see a dean title and say, well, let's put that to the end of the week and maybe we'll take a look at it. So I appreciate how quickly you replied. I'm sure Shirley and uh, they might be saying, yeah, 214 was good, but 218 and 217, come on. Like we've got to talk about those classes too. We've only got a few minutes left on the podcast. So maybe I could ask a final question and Shirley, I'll start with you. What advice would you have for new students who are just starting out as lawyers? And uh, is there something you wish you had known as you were starting out and any kind of final words of wisdom before we end the podcast? For students that have recently graduated and are just starting out as lawyers, keep thinking of yourself in that way that you did when you started law school, where you're like, there's so much that I need to learn and that you're looking for mentors, you're joining student organizations. It's the same thing once you're out in the practice world. Like you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're doing. No one expects you to know. So find the mentors, join the organizations, get involved. You're not doing it alone. You have the entire UCI law network. I know anytime a UCI law student reaches out to me, cold email, LinkedIn, and they're asking for help, I always respond. I make sure to make myself available. So don't think that you're done now. Like you're kind of just at the beginning actually of what it is to practice. So stay involved and find those mentors. I like this idea as a life in law and, and always being an anteater. Hanae, maybe I could turn to you. Uh, we're doing a rocket round. Any quick words of advice for new graduates or law students? I agree with everything Shirley said. I think something that I wish somebody told me when I was struggling as a law student is that this is a privilege. And so I now approach every challenge as an opportunity, as cheesy as that sounds, as like hard as things feel. I just approach it as an opportunity and a privilege because there are a lot of people that, that don't have the opportunity to do the things that we do every day and sit in the rooms that we sit, encounter the difficult, complex problems that we encounter. And I would say something that was said to me when I was studying for the bar exam, you can do hard things. And even though it feels really, really uncomfortable in the moment, you can do it and you'll get through it and you'll be better for it. I like that. Uh, Mimi, any words of wisdom from you? Oh, gosh, I feel like I... The one thing I share a lot with uh, law students when I see them, and it's not deep, I 100% agree with Shirley and Hanai, but I always tell them, take a bar trip. <laughs> You're never going to get an opportunity like this, uh, where you have this gap to take a trip after you've done probably one of the hardest things you've done in your life. So take a bar trip, enjoy yourself. And the second one is be respectful to everyone. You don't know who is going to end up helping you in your either career, personal life, you're going to meet a lot of people in this role. And that is a privilege. Like when I said, it is an absolute privilege. But if you, you know, become arrogant, or you think you're better than um, that is not going to help you out in the long run. I think for many of us, we got to where we are, because someone said, Hey, you should do this, you know, and there's just going to be people in your life that are going to support you and get you to where you are. But in order to get to those people, in order to have those people on your side and be your cheerleaders, be a good person, be a nice, respectful person. That's my advice. That's great advice. Well, now you've got me thinking I've got to do a podcast on a post-bar trip episode. That would be a good episode. But uh, Cynthia, you get the final word, uh, words of advice. Um, I'm just going to co-sign everything that everyone has said thus far. I think the one thing I would add is this is an ever-changing and evolving profession. And so give yourself grace, right? You are tasked with a very big job. 
entering the legal profession, succeeding at the bar, and then now, you know, you're entering a profession, you know, take and make the time to invest in yourself. Yes, your professional development, but also you as a person. So I totally agree with, you know, take a bar trip, but also find the time within your legal career and development to make time for you. Really self-care, community care. I think we all find a lot of joy in our work. You know, we spoke about public interest, public service, you know, our legal careers, but then also make sure that you're doing the kind of activities and also focusing energy on on you and what what makes you whole and complete. And again, self-care, community care, super important. Well, I can't agree more. So thank you guys so much for being on UCI Law Talks. It was great to have a president's episode. Again, how proud we are of you. I say that for the entire law school and great to have you out there representing us as uh, not only our inaugurals, but for some of the you know 17 and 18s and just really appreciate you spending the time this morning with us. So uh, this has been a treat. Thank you for all you do for the school. Looking forward to that 10-year reunion, uh, Cynthia and Mimi. And uh, hope to see you guys in the community soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to UCI Law Talks. For all our latest news, follow UCI Law on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.